Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to an, an Uncomfortable, uncomfortable truth. truth. Before the conversation begins, we want to advise you that in this episode, we briefly discuss mental health topics such as anxiety, depression, and thoughts of suicide. Additionally, we mentioned past behaviors of alcoholism and drug use. Please listen with care, and we hope you enjoy our first guest episode starring the incredible Amy Huffle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to An Uncomfortable Truth. Um, on today's episode, we have our very first guest, Amy. This was our like beginning kind of series of our guests, right? Like we have done our pilot episode and then Kevin and I have recorded um, one of our relationship series episodes. So now you guys are gonna get a taste for what it's like for us to have conversations with our guests. And so we've said in the past that when we have guests on, that our intention is to bring on people um, that we have relationships with, that we feel like will add a ton of value to your life listening to them. So we don't want to just have, you know, random conversations with random people about random things. We want to stay true to the name and uncomfortable truth and have challenging conversations with people that we basically have vetted that have gone through crazy things in life, challenging things in life, have come out on top and have, you know, really good life experience to share with you so that you can apply it to your life and it can help you kind of move forward, which is, you know, the whole premise of the show. So Today we have Amy, who's my best friend in the whole world. I love her so much. Um, she is, her qualifications for talking to us today. Um, she is an Enneagram coach. Are we saying coach? You have a coaching. Yeah, yeah, cool. Enneagram coach right now in the Enneagram world. And we're going to talk a little bit about Enneagram, but Amy has a fantastic Instagram page with tons of Enneagram content on there. That is just the thing I like the most about your content, Amy, is like, it's real, it's truthful. Sometimes it's a gut punch. Sometimes it's feel good. It's kind of like all over the place, which is how self-awareness is, which is why I love it. It touches on all aspects. So Amy is an Enneagram coach. Um, when Amy and I first met in 2019, she was beginning her health and fitness journey. And she has since lost how many pounds, Amy? Uh, 100. 100 pounds. Can you imagine? 100 pounds. That's insane. So she has a really cool story and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that. And that's probably going to be the most uncomfortable part of the conversation today is talking about what that looks like. Um, and then, you know, overall, Amy is one of those people that when you sit down and you have a conversation with her, you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel welcomed, you can be exactly who you are. Um, and that's why her and I become such close friends. And that's why we're also going to talk about friendship, adult friendships today, which is a really challenging topic for me to talk about, honestly, because I like to tell people like, I don't really have any friends. And people always think that that's like a sarcastic joke, but like, it's true. <laughs> and I do it on purpose. My circle is very, very small. Um, and so having as a woman, having other female friends in valuable friendships has been a really challenging thing for me. So that will be the challenging thing that I get to talk about today. Um, babe, do you want to say anything about Amy? Well, I mean, there's so many things I could say about Amy, but I'm just happy that you're here. Uh, we met through you, babe. Uh, and, you know, I think we just hit it off right away. Um, we, what was it that you asked me in like one of the first couple of weeks of us talking? We were talking about how you were struggling through something that was super simple from the outside perspective. But I think I, what I did was share with you a couple of notes on like how to organize your day and like set up a power list. And it was nothing, yes. right. But we were just having that. such a simple conversation. And I was like, Hey, like a friend of Lacey's is a friend of mine. And like, this is something like you could take it 
or leave it, but I want you to try and run with it. And, you know, we just hit it off right away where so much so where you came in and were willing to help my community with a pretty major webinar series. Uh, and then I felt like when you came down to Florida and you met me for the first time in person, it was like we had known each other forever. So like I made an instant friend through you. So like getting to talk to you through, you know, everything that we've been doing online and then like meeting each other and hanging out in person, you are a beautiful soul, someone that truly has been through a ton of life experience. And I'm super excited to share some of that experience with our audience today. So I really appreciate you. So thanks for, thanks for being here. Having me? Are we done talking about me? No, we're gonna yes. talk about you for the whole hour. It's now can, you get to talk you, about you. You can t you can talk <laughs> about yourself right now. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything you know, Amy, that you wanna say to anyone listening, you know, anything that um, I know you're very specific about, think uh, thoughtful and intentional about what you talk about and how you talk about it. So. If there's any kind of just anything you want to put out there for anyone listening before the episode starts about who you are, how you coach people, how you talk to people, whatever it is, I want you to put out your message the way you want it to be heard to people. I appreciate that. Sure. I love both of you so much, oh. um, which I, we're going to get into in a little bit, but <laughs> I, I feel like I'm still trying to find my place in the world of the Enneagram. I thought it was coaching. Maybe it's coaching. I just I haven't quite found, I have learned how to make people feel seen with the Enneagram and like get to the heart of it. Um, I've just struggled to find a way to expand that beyond Instagram. So it's something that I'm constantly thinking on and brainstorming on. Yeah. But I don't know, the Enneagram has given me language to myself, my partner, my friendships, my relationships, work, my childhood. And I just love being a, a guide for that for other people or a voice for that for yeah. other people. You know, I think there's just, it's almost like a playbook for some people. Uh, now, and I came across it. I, 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 well, now I know what you're talking about when you say Enneagram, but let's <laughs> remember there's probably like my mother listening to this right mm, now. Mm, love mm, you, mm. mom. But like, let, like, in a, what's your elevator pitch on Enneagram <laughs> and why it's important and why you, we don't talk, we will get to like how you got to it, but like why the Enneagram and how would you, you know, clarify what this is and why you do it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, it's a personality system, which is a very far too simplified when you say it that way, but there's nine type structures or nine ego structures, if you will. And they kind of shape how we form in the world, how we react to life, what our emotions look like, what we look like in stress, what we look like in growth and childhood and conflict. Um, and it can help us in all aspects of life, whether that's work, relationships, in the bedroom, um, literally anywhere. I like to say that it's almost like a map if you will, it's where you've been, it's where you want to go. It's where you can redirect that. And I just, I think it's, it's a tool that can be used in any facet of life. If you're willing to look at the hard shit, if you're really willing to do the work, it can be used anywhere. So it's really a personality system that tells us how we keep ourselves safe and show up in life. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. So what you're saying is it's a map of how you can see different personality types and how they are in different situations beginning. I, I would say beginning with and starting with yourself, right? Yeah. We know if you understand who you are in different situations, it better allows you to understand all the other types of people. And one of the best ways that it was explained to me 
uh, was that there are, yes, there are nine different types in the Enneagram. However, if you look at it like a, a color palette book of like trying to pick out paint for a house, if you want to get red, there's a million shades of red <laughs> that you can find. So if you are, say, a type eight, there are several different type eights out there based on what has happened, what are, what, where you are now and where you're going in life. Well, and think about how complex human beings are, right? Like we can't simply just say there's nine types and put 7 billion people into nine categories, right? Um, I think the thing that's like, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say there's 27 subtypes, which I don't want to get into because it's yeah. so much. That's like Kevin's point, like the different shades. Also, there's that's so what Amy's podcast is for. <laughs> Amy has a whole podcast dedicated to the Enneagram. So if you want to learn more about it after her snippet today, we will at the end plug the name of her podcast so you can look it up. Oh, go ahead, Amy. Oh, I was just going to say that the subtypes to Calvin's point, like the different shades, I think that's a really great analogy. There's three subtypes for every of the nine types. So there's technically 27. So you can have three type threes in a room and they can all look different. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about sure. any of them, but it is a tool that allows you to do the any kind of inner work you could want. Oh. It can be used in, it, you can take it with you in therapy. It doesn't have to replace my therapist is Enneagram informed. So we talk about that in addition to therapy as well. Yeah. So, well, and my friend, our friend now, Ellen, um, she's a, a therapist, she's an art therapist, and she met Amy through me and then started following Amy on Instagram and started using some of the Enneagram tools that Amy shares with her patients. So it was really cool. Like she was like, she took the Enneagram test and made her whole family take it and like got super into it when Amy and I started telling her about it. And she now uses it with her patients too, even though it's kind of a new tool to her, which is really cool to see people using it for different kinds of reasons, right? But it like brings to the point, which is kind of one of the big things that I wanted to talk about with you today is just self-awareness and why it's so important to know who you are, how you function, why you make decisions, why you react to things the way you do. Because I think it's really easy for us to say humans are just the way they are, right? Like that's the number one thing that I always hear like, oh, he's just that way or she's just that way. I would say like the, you know, the labels that get placed on us specifically. So like for me, could use some examples, you know, like I was called bitchy a lot growing up because I'm just very direct and very honest. And like, I don't really care if it hurts your feelings. I'm just going to say what it is. And that's something that I've worked on. I care a little bit more about feelings now. Thanks to Amy. But um, yeah, or like direct or defensive was something like, oh, she's defensive. Be careful what you say and things like that. And it's like, if we take the time to get to know ourselves, and other people realizing that like, we are not all gonna react to things the same way because we're all completely different individuals with different life experience. It's the world becomes, and Amy, you can attest to this and maybe you probably can too now that you've kind of been studying more personality types and more Enneagram and learning yourself a little bit better too, but like a whole world of opportunity to have relationships and experiences opens up to you when you start seeing yourself more clearly in the world. And then you start seeing other people like, shit doesn't like affect me the way that it used to like i used to just write people off like if they would like hurt my feelings or you know step on me or whatever i'd be like okay fuck you like i'm over you i'm done with you and now i'm like they are going through something like they're a they you know like maybe they're at a point in their life where they're going through this thing and if i know their enneagram type i know how to communicate with them better and those kinds of things and it's just really interesting 
the human experience changes a lot when you start seeing human beings for how complex they are and how we all deal with things so completely differently. Yeah. And when you don't put people in boxes, yeah. right. And I think there are some people who do push against the Enneagram a bit because they feel like it puts you in a box, but the truth sure. of it is it's meant to help you get out of a box. It's not meant to be like, Oh, I'm assertive. So I'm a type eight, yeah. right. It's, or, or maybe I'm misunderstood and I'm bossy, or I don't let people in. So I'm a type yeah. eight. Your work is to loosen those things up a little bit. So it, your type structure doesn't own who you are. Yeah. Like we all have agency. We all have choice in our decisions. So yeah, I think it's important to do the work to not look like your Enneagram type. Mm -hmm. That's our work. Yeah. And I think like we all have a little bit of everything in us and it's just about really yeah. understanding who we are in different situations. So we don't get pigeonholed into that box, right? That, like Lacey explained about her past self and you explained about, you know, someone in- Which I want to talk about next. Right. So don't let me, sure. don't let me forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I want to get there, but you know, we're here, we're here to talk to Amy and- Amy, you know, we'll, we'll drop your, you know, handle at the end uh, so people can follow along with you and learn a little bit more about the Enneagram. But like, I still want you to share with how, so this isn't what you do full time, right? Like you have a full time job and a life and a husband and an amazing dog, Marshall. <laughs> right here, uh, <laughs> Perfect. I'm jealous. Um, so, I mean, how did you, how did this come to be a part of your life? Because you had like you've had tremendous growth in your Instagram and Enneagram like passion, right? So like how did you get to a point? Because not you don't just wake up one day and you go, you know what, like I'm gonna do this. Um, but like what had happened in your life where you made a decision to say, like, hey, I'm gonna look into this more. I mean, I know the story, but I would love it if you shared that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it was it's actually Lacey. I was looking for something. Something like, like a personality system. Hold on, hold on. Do. Let me interrupt. At what point in your life, like what year was this? And like, okay. why were you searching for something? Because I think okay. that's a super powerful part of your story. Okay. And that's kind of a segue into other oh, conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was 2019, which was easily the hardest year of my life, right? I and also the best. Also the best. It, <laughs> is, right? it, was, it was a very full circle year. I um, started as the worst ended as the best. Um, I was at a point in my life where I had gained over, gained over a hundred pounds. I was a full blown alcoholic drinking handle of vodka a week on my own. Um, I was abusing prescription pills, Adderall and anxiety medicine. What else? Oh, mental health was in just in the toilet in a very, very dark place. And I had joined a fitness community. That's where Lacey and I met. And I knew I was looking for something because I wanted to do that inner work. I knew there were systems out there and tools out there. I just hadn't found one that spoke to me. So I'd, look, I'd looked into human design, which I enjoyed, but didn't feel deep enough. I looked into Myers-Briggs, not deep enough, DISC, all sorts of things. And Lacey had mentioned being a type eight and the Enneagram. So I took a little quiz online as, as one does. <laughs> and I felt so fucking offended when I typed as a two and I read it, like I, slammed my lap shot, laptop shut and was like, fuck you. And I didn't come back to it for two days. I was so, it was, I was like, how dare someone know the things about me that I hide from everyone? I was going to say, what specifically was it about 
uh, you know, this, so when you take the quiz, there's like a description of what a two is like, right? A two identifies, you know, you can identify a two as this way and things that they've been through and the way they, you know, communicate and stuff. Like what specifically do you remember was like, just hit you and you were like, what the fuck? Like, how, how is this me? And when it talked about, so every type has a defense mechanism. Type twos is pride. So that was literally my pride when I was like, oh, that's not true. Fuck you. It was my actual pride, um, just ego. And also that twos can manipulate with giving to get. I had never mm. known that about myself. And I was like, wait, how does this quiz know this about me? And I just realized this is true. Well, and the word manipulate is so can be so ugly, right? Like when you hear the word manipulate, like if you automatically set someone says like, oh, you know, and if you guys know twos or maybe you know someone that act, like is this way, twos are so giving and so generous. They will give their entire heart to literally a stranger on the street. Anyone. Anyone. Have a pulse? Yeah, you have a pulse. You got it. So to hear that the thing that brings you the most joy, which is giving, could also be a malicious tool to get things from people. Ugh, that sounds disgusting. Like, absolutely. That sounds horrible when you hear it that way, right? So I, I mean, what I'm hearing is like, you're a master of the law, the law of reciprocity. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, if, Amy, if Amy's ever asked you for anything, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You should be in. Are you you in sales? We should get you in sales. I am. Yeah, I know. She is. (laughs) Well, in the the stress line too. Yeah. So every type takes on a different type's lower traits and stress. So I take on the. This really got me when it said that type twos and stress can be explosive. Like I think explosive, explosive is what really got me because I am. It's like all those things I shove down come exploding out of my body mm-hmm. in those moments of stress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the I way- felt very seen in a way that I didn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. But when my pride did calm down, I was like, this is what I need, right? Something that makes me feel seen and yeah. almost offended because I wanted to do something about it at that mm-hmm. point. Nothing, everything else I had come across was like, well, that's nice and that's true. But there wasn't any like need to take action on it. The Enneagram, I was like, ooh, I'm manipulative and possessive and prideful. Those are things I should work on. Nothing else was really like, here's some things you should work on. It was just, this is who you are. Well, and something something that creates an emotional response, right? Like something that just like slaps you in the face and you just get flooded with all of these different emotions and things, right? You're like, okay, there's gotta be something there. (laughs) Like, this is cool. Like I've taken the Myers-Briggs in the disc before and I'm like, all right, cool. Like I already knew those things about myself, like, you know, whatever. But it's, you start hearing like those emotional things and the way you react to things. And like, you start replaying scenarios and conversations, relationships in your head. And you're like, holy shit, this is me. I do do this. And then you start thinking about, all the people you have relationships with and you're like oh gosh like that's them and now i understand why and like all of these dots start to connect right yeah yeah and i like to i also like to look at okay this is how i show up is that is that how i want to though right like am i proud of these things no perfect then there's an opportunity for growth and something to work on and if so great like if you are happy with how you show up congratulations yeah You've already done the work in some capacity. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that you were in a very difficult place, and like I I, I think we all had a big shift in that 2019 to 2020 year. Just three briefly, of us. yeah, the three yeah, of three us. of us, and, yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I, there's just like such a parallel, right? I didn't know what the enneagram was, but there's this coming to like me ten years earlier. 
drugs, alcohol, you know, failing out of college, you know, sleeping on my parents' futon, like you, like there's just this massive parallel between like you and I just 10 years apart where I had to hit like essentially rock bottom and look at how hard life was going to be for me to take one step in a direction to find myself and who I was to become more aware of where I wanted to go to get to where I am today. And like, that is what I'm hearing when you, you know, where you were trying to find something and you're like, yeah, this is nice. Yeah. Like we could label that as comfort. Like this is something that I know. And I really, you know, I'm fine with, but then when you finally read or took the quiz of like a type two description, you're like, fuck that can't be true. <laughs> Not real. How is this possible that anyone else knows this about me? And you shut the book the laptop for two days like what happened like a couple days later when you were like wait a second like what was that talk to me like i want to know like what your head was like in that moment of like maybe there's something to this it was this nagging i couldn't stop thinking about it like for those two days it might have even been three that's all i thought about was that laptop but i didn't want to open it because i just a theme through therapy in my life is not knowing myself very well i know what others need really well um, but it was interesting that like the manipulation, once I read it, I knew it was true about me, but I hadn't known it before that moment. And I thought that's powerful. Something that can tell me about myself that I didn't know already. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. I was like, oh shit, this has always been true. And I didn't realize it. And that's what got me to really feel like, okay, I need to look into this. And in all honesty, I know we're going to put a trigger warning in this episode. I was from a mental health perspective, I was suicidal in 2019. So when I did come across the Enneagram, like all these things happened at once. Like I, I found this fitness program, then I found Lacey, and then I found the Enneagram. And I was like, if I'm going to not take my life and I'm going to live, then I want to live fully. I don't want to just keep living how I've been living. I want to do better. And this is a tool that can help me do that. Because to Lacey's point, then I did start looking back at my life and I was like, God damn, I have manipulated a lot of people unbeknownst to me. Mm -hmm. And I have had a lot of aggression that I haven't realized and been in like this unhealthy space. And I have struggled to say what I want in my life. And so it was just so eye-opening that maybe these were a huge part of the problems in my life as well. And I just didn't have any idea that all of these things had not only been there, but were driving really negative forces that I wanted to work on. And I haven't perfected anything. I haven't fixed anything, but I've healed a lot and worked on a lot. And I just, I'm a proponent for how powerful that can be and how life changing that can be. And that's all I want for other people if they feel called to that kind of work. Well, what I'm hearing is like, you made a decision to actually start living and not just go through the motions. Cause yeah. like you, you said like, oh, I don't want to live this way, but you were, you weren't, you were lit. I was certainly, yeah, you were, I mean, you were like, a, like going to kill yourself if you didn't make a change. Yeah. Well, and, part of it is the self-awareness, right? Having the tool. And then the other part of it is like the ownership to use the tool. Yeah. So like you're given something, it's like same thing with like the health and fitness, right, Amy, like you found a fitness program and you could have paid for it month after month after month and never used it and you never would have lost the weight, it's taking the ownership for your actions. And I think when we have this conversation about self-awareness and Amy, you and I talk about this all the time, specifically with, we won't say who, people in our lives <laughs> that we're always like texting each other, like, fuck, why are they like this? Why, how did we end up this way? And there are, for people that are listening, that are going through something and struggling with something like, and 
you know, I will be the first person to say like, just fucking do something about it. Like, it's not that easy. I understand. But like part of self-awareness and getting to where you want to be is like identifying what tool you need, what route you need to take. Like Amy was saying, the map, where you were, where you want to go. And then you have to actually use the tool and like start making the plays and like start moving the ball and start doing things, even if it's one step at a time. A lot of people fall into that victim mentality where they're like, this is just my life. This is just the way it's going to be. These are the parents I was given, the spouse that I, you know, agreed to marry, the house that I purchased, the wherever it is, whatever it is that's making you unhappy and uncomfortable. And even in a situation where, you know, you could potentially are suicidal or severely depressed or anxious every single day, it's like your life can open up to you. And I know it's not so easy once you're in a spot where you just feel like you can't come back from that. But like, I mean, same thing. And Kevin, you've gone through it too. Like the three of us here on the screen. And that's why I love this conversation is like, we all made extreme life altering changes, like complete decisions, like took our lives from where they were and like went like this, flipped it upside down. And now we're like a testament to, like you were saying, Amy, using the tool to like provide yourself answers to where you want to go and what you want to do and who you want to be. And then helping other people do that. It's like, you could stay stuck or you could take the tool and use it to do something about it, right? And it's the hardest part is just doing it. Well, yeah, because self-awareness should only be the first step. Yeah. Like there has, that's only the noticing. You can't, it does you no good to be like, okay, manipulation is a problem. Possessiveness is a problem and aggression is a problem. Cool. If, if you just stop there, you're just aware. Yeah, I, but self-awareness will type. You have to do something. I, I still think that's a huge step. Right. I mean, I work with hundreds and hundreds yes. of clients. There are thousands of people inside our community. And the goal is to get them to recognize these thoughts, mm -hmm. like all of their thoughts, because if you don't recognize those thoughts and those other thoughts of, of negativity are still within you, like that is who you will eventually identify as because an emotion becomes mm -hmm. a thought and a thought becomes a feeling and a feeling becomes a mood and a mood becomes a temperament and a temperament becomes part of your personality and a personality becomes how you identify. So at least if we can get to that, if you like you understood the day you closed the laptop, you thought about it. Two days later, you came back and you're like, I need to look at this again. Right. So like that extreme ownership, there's no timeline or expectation, but it is the goal. Right. That extreme ownership of like understanding the different thoughts that you have to realize who you are and become self-aware is step one and two. Step three would then do be is to take action. But like, what did you do, Amy, like specifically in that first couple of steps to take action on like, okay, I have recognized these thoughts of like manipulation and the other things that you guys were talking about, like, but what do we do then to like understand who we are and how, how we can be who we want to be moving forward? Like what, because now it's 2023, right? A couple of three years later, three and a half years later, what have you done in the beginning and what have you practiced regularly to practice extreme ownership and continue self-awareness? Cause I think it, I don't think it ever stops. I think it's always work. No, no, it never stops. Never, never stop. That the work is never done. It's like, we're never done. Um, let's put a big piece out there about that. Like anyone listening that is like taking our advice on changing your life, whether you follow us on social media or you know us personally and you appreciate the way that we've all grown in some capacity, like you have to, you know, make sure that you're following 
through all of those steps. So like making sure that you're taking that and moving forward with it and going into the next phase of whatever it is that you're looking for. And it's never, it's, it, hold on. I got, we have to say one more thing on this. It's never going to be like, I get it and I understand it and things are going really well. Fuck, fuck that. It's yeah. so hard to be like, I've been doing this shit for like 15 years. Right. And yes. I still look in the mirror and see a 300 pound fat kid that wears a 40 inch pants. I can like, that is just does ah, miserable miserable person like it never goes away but like that thought i see it i recognize it i let it go i practice equanimity and like how life happens meaning like i can see the thoughts and then let it go and like take the positive thoughts to get me to where i want to be like that work happens every single day yeah and like if we take if you get if you guys are listening and you take anything away from this call it's that like it's okay to not be okay but it's there's no way you can get through life without stepping up to fight and face the things that make you uncomfortable. That is the entire point of this, this podcast is to say like, yeah, if you want to grow, if you are unhappy or unsatisfied with where you are today, like the three of us were at one point in our lives, like you have to step into the uncomfortable side of life. And I promise you, even if you fail along the way, you're going to continue to take steps forward and be more mm -hmm. ready and prepared to take on life's challenges as they come, because they will never stop coming. Like once yeah. you get better, guess what? The challenges get fucking harder. Yeah, <laughs> okay. they do. They change, change all together. Yeah. Or you have to create a new level of yourself too, right? Like, so like who Amy, Lacey and Kevin are today, like the things that we have now, the versions of us 10 years ago could never. Like you have to, it's like each, each new opportunity that presents itself to you. It's like, you know, they say those things about like people that win the lottery, they like whatever. So, most of them go bankrupt in like the first 24 months. It's because they were handed, you know, $200 million and they don't have the capacity to do with $200 million. So they spend it all. It's the same thing. Like you have to make sure that if you are going to walk on a self-awareness journey and you want all of these things, like you want to leave your shitty relationship, you want to move to a different state, you want to get the promotion that you've been dying for at work. Like you have to present yourself to that next level. Like you have to be willing to put in the work every single day. It's just like with losing hundred pounds, Amy, right? Like it doesn't go away and then it's just gone forever. Like the new Amy, the new level of Amy has to mentally stay in it. If she wants to lose 150, okay, Amy that lost hundred pounds has to be ready to move into that next level to lose 150 or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's to Kevin's point, it's that willing to that willingness to lean into discomfort. I, that's that's how yeah. I keep myself accountable is, does it feel comfortable to say this? Yes, then I probably need to say it, yeah. right? Does this conversation make me sweat? Yes, Yeah. I just, this is the fucking conversation I need to have. Yeah. I also check in with myself a lot. So I, I, I'm a, I lead with type two. I was going to say, tell us a couple of things that like help you like make uncomfortable decisions. Cause you guys know, Kevin and I are totally cool being uncomfortable. There's like, there's other things we're not comfortable being vulnerable. That's a different story. But like, Amy, tell us like, what are some things that you do? I think that's where you're going with it. But like to preface it, give us some like real tangible things. Yeah. Like, so I committed this year to not giving anyone a gift at all, which is very, oh. very uncomfortable for me. Cause I love giving people. So I'm not getting anything on my birthday. No. Damn it. A text, a text message. Okay, fine. Can you just, like, be at your door? What about a plane ticket? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
like before I give a gift to someone, well, excluding this year, but for the last few years, what I've done is I check in with myself. Like if I want to, even if I want to send Lacey, like a t-shirt, mm -hmm. I ask myself, am I wanting something in addition to this? Mm -hmm. Is there something else I'm hoping to get? Or Man. do I just want to send Lacey a t-shirt? Um, and then I ask myself if Lacey or whomever, like, didn't thank me for this gift, if she didn't recognize me for this gift, like if there's no external validation or verbal validation, would I still give this? Mm. And so long as I pass both those tests and those checks, then I'm good to go. But oftentimes I'm not good to go. Like oftentimes yeah. I realize there is something I'm hoping to get. And then mm -hmm. the question is, what was I actually trying to get? with my manipulation, right? Mm. Maybe I just want to be closer to Lacey for, I don't know, I'm just making this shit up. Okay, if that's the case- Gonna be any closer than if you sewed us together. Right, but like the manipulation is <laughs> like, and that means I need to have the direct conversation. Right. Skip this fucking manipulation. Yeah. And what do I actually want? So mm. I check in with myself in that way, but I also, for me, it's it's a lot of conversations because I'm not comfortable. Um, I'm typically not comfortable talking about myself or asking for things that I want. Mm -hmm. I've been having to do that a lot mm -hmm. professionally. You've been doing lately. a great fucking job too. It's so uncomfortable. Oh, Thank you. You're welcome. Even my boss is like, I'm proud of you. I yeah. Conversation. Yeah. But that's what it is, right? Is I know what I don't like doing and I know what pushes against my mm -hmm. type structure. Mm -hmm. And so I just try to push back mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, we're doing it anyway. Like mm -hmm. we'll be okay. We're going to live. No one's ever died from asking for you know a promotion at work, <laughs> right? No one's ever died from that. Well, I mean, to your point with those moments that make us sweat, give us like, whether it be butterflies in our stomach or like our mouth dries up, we don't know what to say. You know, I rec ask yourself why, like what, like, yeah. and typically like 99% of the time is because you don't know what's going to happen on the other side. But guess what? That's most of life, right? You know, and I always say they're, they're, you know, excitement and fear are the same have the same emotional quality, but with excitement, we have all of the answers. Like if you were going to come down to visit us, you would be super excited because you know that we would have food and drinks and like go to the beach and go to the pool. And you might be a little nervous for a workout, but like you've done it before. So you get through it. Right. <laughs> so like you're excited to come down and hang out with us because you know what the experience is going to be like. But if it's if it's something that you're afraid of, like a conversation with your boss or, you know, confronting someone that, you know, there might be some tension with, you don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. So like you, it, yeah. but if you knew how it was going to turn out, you'd be like, okay, cool. Like I'm ready to have this conversation. Yeah. You might even be excited to get it over with. Mm -hmm. So if you can step into that discomfort, right? Ask yourself, like, what is, like, I think you just said this too. There's a lot of go back and forth, but like, what is the absolute worst thing that's going to happen? Like right. the Someone's absolute no. worst, right. And you're literally going to be in the same spot you were right before you asked the question or did the thing or whatever it is. Like, it was like, if it never happened, you can wipe it away and be like, okay, I did it. I gave it a shot. I tried, I, whatever. I took the step into fear and now I'm where I was before. And then you learn something to, to when it comes up again, which it will, Yeah. you yeah. just be more prepared for it then you're less scared because you're like, I've had this conversation before. Yeah. And you've shown to yourself that you're capable of doing that hard thing. Mm -hmm. You're like, huh, we've already done this and we're still here and alive and breathing and mm -hmm. unharmed and we can do it again yeah. and again and again. Cause to Kevin's point, you're going to do it again. Also, I think there's like no human on the face of the earth. I don't know. Maybe there is, maybe that's just me, but like, I love when I do something challenging and then I've done it and I'm like, 
now I have grown. Like I'm better than I was 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Like I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I'm more fit, I'm more whatever it is. Like I took the experience and whether it came out that it was positive or negative for me, like let's say it was a really hard workout and I'm laying on the ground, like rolling around in pain. Well, I still got better. Like I still did the thing. Like I have more knowledge and more experience now. Like I think as human beings, we crave to be better all the time. We're just afraid of the work that goes into actually becoming better at whatever the thing is. Well, I love that example because, you know, there are so many people we work with who that I work with that don't want to go work out because they're tired or they're hungover or they're sore yeah. or they just, they're lazy or something happens. Like this morning for me, like I was, we went out, we had great dinner and like a couple of drinks, nothing crazy, like two with friends. We just We're got, just old got, now. <laughs> Yeah, it's we just can't drink anymore. Like two <laughs> drinks, and I'm like, what the fuck? But <laughs> but we, you know, we slept, uh, and then I went to a workout, and I was moving slowly, but I felt so much better after the workout was done. Just like anyone, like Amy, have you ever like contemplated working out or not working out, and then you went and worked out, and then have you ever felt worse after that? Never. Never. Yeah. Never. Never. She's like, and that's the reason I go to the fucking gym every day. She's got. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I think like that it's, it's, it's the same principle with doing something difficult. Like you will learn a lesson, you will grow, you will mm -hmm. practice something that is challenging for you and you can take that with you. Then guess what? It goes right back full circle to like becoming more self-aware of what you're capable of taking ownership of what you need to work on what you are good at and then guess what it just keeps going around and around and around so the more that you know the larger your circle grows so the more that you can take on in life so i just had like a connection thought where amy was talking about kind of like the gift giving and how the manipulation and like what am i getting from this i think we all like humans oftentimes and this is another reason to know like your enneagram type or just know yourself well is like um you know sometimes it can be we do things for external validation or we do them for someone to tell us you know that they're proud of us or you know that they love us or whatever it is and i think a lot of times and I have conversations with people about this. They're like, how do you stay motivated to do this and do that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because every day when I've completed the challenging task, I am not searching for external validation for people to tell me like, good job or whatever. Like I gave up on that a long time ago. Like I wanted my whole childhood, I wanted people to tell me they were proud of me and that I was smart and that they thought I was great and blah, blah, blah. And I never got that. So I learned how to give it to myself as an adult. So I no, I'm not motivated to go to the gym and do this or do that like every single day. But I know that once it's over, I can look at myself and say, good fucking job. You did what you said you were going to do. You completed it. Now you're better. Or maybe it's through work and I have a challenging conversation with a client. You know, I'm like learning with them, the human experience. I'm like exchanging energy with them. I'm learning more about their scenario. I'm getting better at what I'm doing because I'm putting in more reps. Like it doesn't just apply to fitness. It applies to, you know, any kind of relationship, but it's like, taking away the what are you expecting to get out of this and putting into it like knowing just knowing you're going to get better if you just take the step and do the thing man so many things got so much easier for me in life like when i stopped worrying about what other people were going to say to me and whether they thought that i was good enough or whatever it is i don't i don't know if that's just a me thing or if that's an eight thing but you know always seeking the external validation I'm like good job you did it like you know, words of affirmation, Kevin and I have talked about this. Those are our love languages, like number one love language. So, you know, people telling me like, you know, I'm proud of you or whatever. It makes me feel good, but like, I don't need it to then go do something and feel good about it. Hey. But I also,
also think it's important and I want to be like very like mindful of how I say this sure. because I don't want to because I agree with everything you just said and not seeking external validation. I am someone who sometimes, even though I'm very self-aware in a lot of ways, I can struggle to see my own growth at times. Oh, sure. And one of the really beautiful things about you, Lacey, is that you won't stand for that shit. And you're right. like, oh, wait, did you not notice? And I'm good about doing that to everyone sure. else, like to everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, but I do sometimes struggle to see that yeah. for myself. And so I think one of the beautiful things about our relationship or our friendship is that we hold each other accountable in those ways. Like, Hey, I just want to make sure you realize that yeah. this was a big deal. Like you yeah. just did a hard thing. Yeah. That was really beautiful. Yeah. We say, I'm really, I'm proud of you all the all time. time. All and the it's, time. If it's not external validation. We're definitely just proud of each other. Yeah. But sometimes I think people just in general might not recognize their own growth. Sure. Even if it's just radically right. Yeah. So I do think that's part of the bigger conversation of having mm -hmm. good people around you yeah. who really know you and what you're, what yeah. you're going for in life yeah. so they can help you see those things as well. Well, and I think like you and I, so in the past, like I'll give good examples, like we can get a little deeper, but like I've struggled in the past, like Amy was with me when I got divorced and through the two years of being single and dating before I met Kevin. And like, that was actually something I struggled with the most. Like, I think I was the most turned upside down by like, you know, I feel like I have done so much work and I'm such a good person. I'm such like, I'm so proud of this version of myself and there's nobody out there that can see that about me. Like why the, why am I dating all these going on dates with these trash bags? Like what is happening? Like I was struggling so hard with like, why does nobody match my energy? Like what's wrong with me? Why, you know? And like, there was someone I kind of dated a little bit seriously and he just randomly dumped me and went on with his life and i was like what the fuck like i'm i'm so great like how does this happen and it's just like that's something that like amy talked me through and the same thing with like amy's health and fitness journey like where you don't have to be if you're talking about you know healthy adult friendships you're not going to be supporting each other on the same things like your goals and your aspirations for life are not going to line up you're not going to struggle with the same things at the same time and so that's something like Amy knew that I had health and fitness experience. I trained her for a short period of time when that like coach trainer relationship, or I'm sorry, uh, coach client relationship ended as her friend, I'm still able to support her through those things. She will reach out to me and say, you know, I'm struggling with this or that or whatever it is. And again, it goes back to the every single phase of life. Like it's going to continue. These like things are going to continue to repeat themselves. Have you grown into that version of yourself that can ask for help or just say like vulnerable, like be vulnerable and just be like, I'm fucking struggling with this, or I need your advice on this or whatever it is. Yeah. I think radical honesty is what makes our friendship. So like beautiful, I've just never had that. Not that I've just been lying in my past friendships, but it's not only that you don't put me in a box, like you wouldn't stand for it if I was in a box, right? Like yeah. you just, you truly want to see the best for your people. Mm -hmm. And I think that the invitation to always be so honest and upfront with wherever we are in life, because we're yeah. very different people. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. With that. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, point that out because like, and you and I have like gone through the things that we've struck, like we struggled through things too. Like I said earlier, Amy has helped me identify emotions more in people and like what they're going through. Like, you know, I had to learn how to be a little more vulnerable and softer when I was communicating with my best friend, because I can be blunt and direct and short and a little bitchy sometimes. And like, I would never want to hurt Amy's feelings communicating with her that way. But like, she understands that about me too. But the cool thing is, is like, 
you know, when you become friends with someone who's so different from you and like Kevin and I like are basically the same person. So like our, we didn't struggle with any of that shit in our relationship, but like Kevin, I'm sure that you have people in your life or in, even your siblings or friends of yours. And it's like, you have to learn how to communicate. Like you were saying, Amy, like radical honesty, like Amy has been before in the past, like I, you got really close with this person and like, I got jealous and like, I got mad about it. And like, I didn't want to share you like with this friend that you made. And like, it was even funny. Like I was a little like worried to introduce Amy and Ellen because they're both twos and they're so similar. And I was like, Amy, I, I promise like, I'm not replacing you. Like <laughs> I was like a little worried about it. I'm like, you both are, you both exist in my heart. Like it's okay. No, I'm just kidding. But those things too, like, gosh, those are so important. Like not just friendships, but I mean, um, maybe you have like a big team of people that you are friends with that also work for you and like kind of a, like identifying these things too and being able to communicate with them. Um, like this doesn't just apply to friendship, I guess. No, I think it's, I mean, communication 101, right? I think sure. there's just, when I was younger, uh, I was super short tempered and it was like the eight that would come out in me and I would just want it my way. You're still super but, short tempered. No, I mean, I'm, I'm really not. Like, Literally, yeah. he was plugging in his headphones earlier and he's like, why well, the fuck isn't this working? What the fuck is going on? I was like, it's yeah, really okay. Well, it's just headphones. Well, the, this system sucks fucking. <laughs> so like, we, we could just, we just spend more money and get something better next time. But like, like, but I mean, like I would communicate with my dad and we would, we would butt heads all the time. Cause like we were both short, like we would, we would blame it on like our background, like short tempered Irish men, like just, just like we would yell at each other. Yeah. And again, it goes back to that box, right? right? So, like you've been boxed in to this is who you right. are. And, and, you know, I, I look back on, uh, you know, w right before, or the, the weekend of when you and I started talking, um, you know, I, I left my relationship and was figuring things out and I don't really emote too much right I just like think about it I get calm and quiet and just process and sounds familiar yeah my uh I like I was with my brothers and we were sitting around a uh, campfire in the woods um drinking a couple beers or a case of beer each and uh <laughs> You know, my, my youngest brother it reminds me of me when I was his age or a little younger where, you know, he just, he's, he's super like emotional and wanted to like be there for me and console me. And I was like, dude, I'm really okay. Like, I just like, I don't need to like be sad about this right now. And he's like, just kept pressing and pressing and pressing. Mm. And in the past I would have gotten mad at the situation but I just said, cool, comma, collected. And it was weird, this role reversal of me seeing him, like, take everything that he had been repressing, like, from whatever had happened throughout the weekend and, like, bottle it up. And, it, like, he was just, like, going to pop. And then he did um, at one point where he put his arm around me. And I was like, don't fucking touch me. Just, like, it's, like super cool, complexed like that. And then he got, yeah. he, he snapped and got mad and started yelling. And I was like, dude, we are totally good right now. But I just kept this super calm, like on a, in a very extreme situation, like a very, emo like should be emotional situation or where it's, I don't know, there's well, the way it should be versus the way I was just processing it. And I realized in that moment, it's kind of like, I can like perceive 
the situation, like zoom, I would say zoom out, like look at life at a 30,000 foot view. Mm. And when you do that, you see how small we actually are. And like, things are going to be okay. If we can just stay on the path that yeah. matters to us. Uh, and I try and to answer your question, like I try and take that same calmness with my team. Now, like I don't need to have very long conversations with everybody. I just, that's just not what I need to do, but I do love having really good intimate conversations when the time is appropriate to mm -hmm. have it. So like when someone doesn't get more than a three word text response from me, they may take it as like, Oh, Kevin doesn't care. But the truth is Kevin's like, mad at me is probably yeah, what they're right. thinking. Or like, oh, shit, <laughs> I what did I do? But the truth is, it's kind of like, no, like it's just, it is or it isn't via text. And if we mm -hmm. need to talk about this, like get on the phone and call yeah. me or book a call so we can block out 30 minutes to talk about something. Uh, and when you, you have a team of 30 people, it's never going to be perfect, but it's this like dichotomy of like being a friend, being a boss, you know, understanding that there are yeah. deadlines and expectations. Uh, and it's just now that's what I'm learning to do. Right. Because mm -hmm. just because I have 30 people now doesn't mean I won't have 100 people working for me at some point sure. down the line. But like who I like what I can control is who I am, what I know and like how I want to know that like how I want everybody to know that I am there for them if they need me. But right. my job is not to like hold their hand through like sure. allow them to think like, yeah. oh, I I can talk to Kevin if I say it once, like, hey, if you need me, call me like that's mm -hmm. it. Like doesn't yeah. mean like don't call me and actually just means yeah. what I said it was supposed to mean. It's something that Amy and I started doing um, that I think anyone should do with their friends and like this could go for you and your team too, babe. But like when Amy and I will bring a problem to each other, we'll first ask, do you have space or time for this? Like instead of just emotionally shitting all over each other, we literally like we'll text each other. She'll be like, do you have space? Do you have the capacity? to help me through this thing. And then we agree either. Yes, we do. Or no, we don't. And then the conversation goes, what do you, how do you want me to help you with this? Do you need me to support you emotionally support you? Do you need advice? Do you need tactical like options? Like how, how do we need to go about this? Because I think oftentimes like people will just like, you know, come to you or like, let's say you just have a conversation randomly and someone's like, oh my God, like I just, I'm so mad about this and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like dumping all of this on you. Right. And this goes kind of just to like well-rounded communication and understanding how you communicate as a human being too. But specifically in friendship, this has changed so much for Amy and I, because when we first became friends, like we were still figuring each other out, figuring ourselves out. And there would be lapses in communication or we would struggle with having conversations about things or be a little short with each other or whatever. And we had to be like, okay, we process emotions so differently. Like we need to have a conversation about how that works. And Amy will even say to me sometimes, she'll be like, I know that you don't want me to like over emotionalize this or whatever it is. Like, you know, let's be like just direct about it. Like, do you want advice or do you want, you know, to cry or what, what is it that you need? Do you want me to tell you what to do? And that is so freaking helpful. Like, this is something that honestly, like I've tried to start implementing with like other people too, like my sister and my mom, I'm like, we're having a conversation about something. Like my mom uh, got laid off from her job recently and she called me to tell me about it. And I'm like, do you want advice or do you want me to just like console you? Like, how do you want me to help you with this? Because like, 
I'm going to go straight into here's what you need to do mode because I'm a solutions person. And then, you know, she, my mom's an emotional person. She'll be like, you'll want to hug me and like, tell me it's okay to cry. And like, we just do things differently. And I think, man, that has been such a game changer when it comes to like friendship and also like holding a mirror up to yourself too. Like that, like our communication, Amy, you and I, like the way that we communicate has helped me communicate with myself so much better too. Me too. Like when I came to Florida a couple months ago and visited you all, you and I went to the beach yeah. and I said to you before sharing this struggle in my life, mm -hmm. I said, I'm not looking for advice. Yeah. I am not going to take any action right now. Yeah. And I know it. Yeah. And I just want to say that up front because I'm not looking for mm -hmm. advice on the other side. Because she knew Lacey was going to be like, all right, here's a list of 10 things that you need to do. <laughs> That's your communication style, but yeah. I already knew that going into it. Yeah. And so we've created a space in our friendship to where I can say, Lacey, this is what I need. Or Lacey, yeah. this is what I don't need. And that's not a natural thing for me. Sure. Like it's very uncomfortable for me to be like, Lacey, don't give me advice. Like yeah. I literally like feel like a child. Yeah. I make myself smaller. Yeah. But we created that, mm -hmm. that safety in our friendship mm -hmm. where we can do that. Like yeah. I don't need this from you or I do need this from you. And it's just, it's always going to serve us well. We're never going to sure. regret doing that. Well, and I think such a big part of that too is like making decisions like has become having like a support system like you, like getting divorced, moving out, selling my house, moving with my grandma, starting my own business, moving to Florida, dating Kevin. Like you, I have been able to feel supported, like without any judgment, right? Without any worry that Amy's going to be like, oh God, she's making a terrible decision. Like, it's just like, here's the thing that I want to do. And like, can we talk about it? Like, let's have a conversation. Or I just literally like, I remember when like Kevin's the most recent example. So I'll use Kevin as an example, but I sent Amy like a text message about Kevin, like telling her like, okay, I've been like talking to this guy, sent her his Instagram so she could creep on him. And I was like, mm -hmm. I really, really like him. And like, I'm really nervous about this because I had not dated anyone like serious. Like I had decided to not seriously date because I knew I was leaving Ohio. I was not interested in anyone there. And I was like, probably a six month time period where I was just totally single, not entertaining the idea of dating anyone. And I was like, fuck, this is scary. Like I have like legitimate feelings. And it, cause Amy will be the first person to tell you, she'll be like, let's just wait it out a week and see what happens. <laughs> so my emotions go like, yeah, they seem cool. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking to that person. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> and it's just cool to have a support system like that, like a friendship or someone that you can rely on um that healthy friendship where you don't feel like oh fuck they're gonna like i can't bring my best friend this concern because they're gonna judge me and tell me what to do and stomp all right. over everything that i feel yeah i think that's like a good question like can you show up fully as yourself in a friendship mm -hmm. if you can't i mean it doesn't mean that they're not a friend but they're probably not like in that small circle of trust right and yeah. my circle has always been too big like, right you and i've always been like opposite, opposite. In that way. Yeah. Whereas your circle has probably been really, really small. Mm -hmm. Mine's always been too big. And my work has been shrinking that circle. Whereas yeah. your work might've been maybe like expanding that circle a bit. Being well, and Kevin can relate to this too. Like being willing to be vulnerable, to open up a little bit more and let someone in because as eights, Kevin and I are both Enneagram eights. Um, we just early on in life and, you know, we could again, listen to Amy's podcast. Um, but your child, the way, you know, your childhood experience, uh, really has the Enneagram says this has so much to do with who you are as an adult, the way you make decisions, the, you know, the things that you say yes and no to in your boundary settings and abilities and things like that. 
And um, I just got burned a lot when I was young by people that were supposed to take really good care of me. And I just basically had to start taking care of myself at a young age and being responsible for my own actions. Um, and that makes it hard. Like when someone like Amy, who is so kind and so caring and so generous comes in and says, let me love you. I'm like, hold up, bitch. Like, yeah. excuse me. Hold on a second. <laughs> what are you trying to do? What do you want from me? Like, what is going on? And that's how you keep yourself safe, yeah, right? Like for sure. that, shielding the vulnerability. Like yeah. that's how you keep yourself safe for yeah. so long. For it sure. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And you'd be like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think with all of this, right, like going back to our childhood, it's hard to, you know, if, some, if someone's listening to this, it might be tough for you to pinpoint one moment, right? And the goal isn't to say like, oh, this happened to me. So like, this is my number and this is how I am. So this is like, exactly. it's about just constant recognition of like connecting the dots. And that's mm -hmm. why I love this, looking at this whole Enneagram as a map, right? Because it can lead you in different directions at different times. And I don't, I don't think that you need to know your number right away. But like, as you live and experience more uh, today, and like, like we said, taking, you know, extreme ownership and being more self aware, and, you know, like listening to how other people speak and how you are in different situations, like you'll put together the pieces of like understanding how you are along the way. So you can communicate better with your loved ones, your colleagues, your, you know, your boss, you know, your friends, uh, understanding that you can shrink your your friend circle or you can expand your friend circle yeah. and uh you know this are, these are all positives like through just like paying attention to mm -hmm. what it is that you feel and how you think in different situations uh to guide you to where you uh you know may want to go in the future uh which is a whole nother conversation we could probably have a you know right. an hour talk about um so and I think that, I mean, we've been bouncing around a little bit, but, you know, the theme overall is to, you know, be more self-aware of who you are and like how life has affected you, but where is it that you want to go? You know, I think that we, we really need to touch on, you know, the, you, I, I would love just to share more so about you, you guys, because there was a moment that both of you guys had on a, a trip um where you know i i've heard it from you know lacy's perspective right of like you guys meeting connecting and really developing this adult friendship or like setting the tone for like this amazing adult friendship that's it blossomed to today like what happened on that trip and that car ride uh to allow you guys to pave the way to be where you are now i'll let it well I feel like, no, I feel like you should tell I, it. You tell well, it well. I just kind of told it on our last episode. So now the people need to hear it from you. <laughs> I just, I feel like I was in a place in my life. So Lacey and I flew to, we met, we flew to uh, LAX, right? Mm -hmm. And we flew into LAX worst, and then we drove. Worst airport in the country. I horrible. hate LAX. Getting a rental car there took us four hours. <laughs> and neither of us have an ounce of patience, like not an ounce combined. This episode nope. is sponsored by Turo because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fuck don't rent from Hertz or Enterprise. <laughs> oh, awful. but that was the time in my life where I was trying to do the work and the Enneagram yeah. was so new to me. Well, and we and kind of were like sort of new friends too. Like we decided yeah. to jump in and like 
take this trip together. We drove to hang out with a mutual friend of ours. And I was like, this could be really uncomfortable or this could be really great. We're going to be in the car together for four hours. And like my hell is road trips. Like I fucking hate driving in the car long distances. Hate it. I've never never met someone more cranky in the car if they don't have a fucking snack than than you, babe. (laughs) She's just hungry. Like Anyway, so we fly into LAX. We go through the rental car debacle. We finally get on the road. Yes. And that, that was the time in my life where I was trying to shrink my circle. So it was a little contradicting for me because I was like, I really think I want to be vulnerable with her on this road trip. I know road trips are a great opportunity to just have like a therapy session. Trapped in the car together. Not going anywhere. (laughs) Driving up the coast of California. It's beautiful. It's the most thing you've ever, maybe not ever, but it was just gorgeous. And I, as someone, I don't tend to share things in my life. I really hate talking to people about any relationship, like romantic relationship that I'm in, whether it's a marriage or if I'm dating someone. You have a little trouble talking about yourself in general. Like just, yeah, which is okay. Yeah. But that one part of my life has always been what I just shut down the most. And I don't like to share with people at all. I don't know why it's the, it's like a weird thing to share with people about my relationship struggles, which is just a human thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were things I just kept sharing on that trip with you that I had never shared with anyone ever. And they were very hard things to share. And I felt so supported. And the more I shared with you, the safer it felt to continue to share. Mm-hmm. So, cause I went into that year feeling like I want to shrink my circle, sure. but then I realized I really only want to expand it if someone really fits the mold for loving me for me and not putting me in a box yep. and being jealous of how social cool. of a person I am, which has always shown up. It's like quality oh. versus quantity is what you are going for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always going for quantity. Like, yeah. If you have a problem, I probably will enjoy you in some way. I'll find something <laughs> about you tonight. Yeah. But you just kept making space for the realness of me. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind that I could keep sharing these things with you that I felt a lot of shame around. And you were like, no, this just means you're human. Have you, mm-hmm. before that conversation, had you met someone that was as willing to just listen to, you know, your life experiences and what you were going through? Is that what made it so difficult to like not want to do that at first? I think I always the therapist um, that she paid. (laughs) (laughs) It literally took me a year to tell my therapist what I hired her to tell her. Okay. So that's how hard it can be to Kevin's question. Um, no, no. Like I'm someone who I don't know that I've ever felt fully accepted for who I am in past friendships. I just tend to be very social and have a lot of people in my life, regardless of my small circle. And I've always had people very jealous of that, making comments of that. Oh, here's another person in your life. And so I don't think I ever felt safe to fully show up as who I was because they made it clear that there was something about me that they had an opinion about or a judgment about. But I don't think I noticed that until I was in this new friendship with Lacey. I was like, this is so easy. Like, there's no judgment. It's full acceptance. She fully listened. And it wasn't until I had that that I realized I hadn't had that before, if that makes sense. Well, and I, it's just occurring to me that that's like kind of, I think the mutual thread and what made our relation or makes our friendship so successful is that I had never really had that before either. And like, you weren't the only one sharing, like I, we were pouring our guts out to each other and it is hard for me to be vulnerable. I don't like talking about, you know, 
I don't really don't like talking about myself either, but for different reasons, which is kind of funny now that I'm like putting that all together. But um, yeah, I, I think that we both had that, sh that shared experience, like that part of the experience was shared. So like, I was, you know, telling Amy about things. And like, at this point, like, my marriage was rocky as well. And like, I wasn't happy with my career and where I was and just like, things like that. And just life in general, like I was feeling very stuck. And like, that was kind of the intention of taking this trip was to like, go see what else is out in the world. Like, I'm stuck in this bubble in Ohio, this life that I've, you know, created. And now I want to experience something new. And um, if you've ever spent any time around Amy, Amy is just so fun. Like Amy's down to have fun. Like she is willing to do whatever. She's all in on new experiences. She's very good at that. And so this was a perfect person for me to go do this new thing that I was a little bit scared about doing. Um, and I felt the same way. Like, you know, I felt that there was no judgment there or I felt totally comfortable to be vulnerable and share these things that I was kind of hiding that felt a little bit shameful or I felt a little guilty for, um, honestly. And I just felt like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders when I was able to kind of just sit there and have a conversation with you. And I think that that just goes back to the testament of like, you know, being willing to you know have those challenging conversations, which is kind of the whole point of starting the podcast. Right. And maybe that was like the jumping off point for wanting to start the po this podcast in the first place. Cause Amy and I have been talking about starting podcasts for forever. And this has always <laughs> been, the, this has always been the premise of the podcast that I wanted to start. And I really think that that big conversation we had nonstop for four hours in the car, like I'm telling you, we did not stop talking for four hours, um, was kind of like the pivotal moment where I was like, wow, like you really can just be totally like honest, vulnerable with, you know, people in general. And, and it doesn't, you don't have to worry about, you know, what is someone trying to, someone trying to use my truth against me is always the way that I have phrased it. So sure. So I mean, whoever wants to answer this question, Amy, sure. um, like, since then, have you been able to grant that trust to others? Mm -hmm. Right? And what is it that you may suggest to someone else? If they're like, well, yeah, that sounds great. And it worked out, but I've been burned a 100 fucking times. Like, what is like, I had no what I would share. But Let's start with you guys. What like what is it that you would share on building that trust with someone new or current in your life, right? That you may have not opened up to yet to actually move down a, a path to have something similar to what you two have in this adult friendship. I love that. For me, the question is always, is this worth the risk? Is this person worth the risk? Because whereas Lacey is looking for, like she's pushing against vulnerability and betrayal. For me, it's rejection. That's my like core fear as a two. I don't want someone to see who I really am and potentially reject me. Mm -hmm. And so I always have to ask myself, like if this person were to do that, could I handle it? Um, and honestly, if anyone rejects me, it's just going to hurt. It's not going to change anything. But with Lacey, I felt like she had already seen, like I could, I could just feel like sent something with her. I don't know if it was her heart, if it was her energy, if it was just all of the above, but I felt like I, she would be able to hold space for whatever I shared for her. And I actually, since that conversation, I have intentionally made my circle much, much smaller and have not shared in that way with other people, which for me is a big deal because I did that 
too much. Mm-hmm. I hyper fixated. Sometimes I would overshare with people in order to like build a false connection to feel like I was close with them instead mm-hmm. of showing who I really was. Mm-hmm. So with Lacey, it was more of like a test. Like, can I really do this? Can I really show someone the shit that I like to hide my, my deepest struggles? And is, are they still going to love me, support mm-hmm. me? And she did. And I felt like I'm good with this, with this one person. And I really have not ventured out to do that with other people now, but it has opened my eyes in other ways, right? Sure. Where are people in my life that maybe no longer serve me that I can release a little bit? Mm-hmm. No longer serve me sounds bad. No, you don't, no you're right. It's no, you're right. People come into your, right. come into your life for a, a reason, a season or a lifetime. And if you yeah, place well, them in the wrong bucket, like maybe do you have to time, if you realize that they don't serve you anymore, this, it's okay coming from an eight to a two to be selfish here and do what it is that you need to do. <laughs> well, creating boundaries is a big thing too for twos as well, right? So like not having um, steady boundaries, letting, I like to think of it as like, you're just a dam and water is just pouring through like, <laughs> like you know, or it's like, we have to make sure that, and I don't want to say walls because eights are good at walls. Walls are not we don't want to put walls around ourselves, but like having a healthy, you know, uh, whether I guess it's, we could put it this way. Like I always say, and this is when I started getting like into dating again too. I was like, if someone does not match my emotional maturity, they do not have a space in my life. Like I, especially with a relationship, I was like, I am not raising somebody else. Like I, my, former relationship, I felt like I had to do a lot of parenting and raising of an adult. I was like, I'm never doing that again. And then I started to honestly adapt that to friendship too. I was like, look, I can be cordial and have, you know, uh, some kind of relationship with someone. But like, I started to create boundaries within like my family. Like this doesn't just apply to friends. Like I want to put this out there. Like I, you know, there's that saying that's like blood's thicker than water, but like, just because someone is blood related to you does not mean that they are a healthy human being to be in your life. It is totally acceptable for you to create a boundary between your space and their space in order to protect your own peace and your own joy. Like most of the time people are not willing to move forward in their life because they're so held back by what their mom thinks or what their dad will think of them or, you know, their brothers and their sisters or whoever it is. It's like, do you want to have a healthy relationship with all of those people? Of course, but that doesn't mean that it's just going to naturally happen because you're related to them. So like boundary setting is a big deal too. I think Amy has gotten so good at that as like we've, you know, our friendship has evolved. Like even like today it was good. I was like, Kevin's running a little bit late. Like, can you like, can you push back a little bit? And she's like, no, I'm really busy today. Former Amy probably would have been like, yeah, I'll just rearrange my whole schedule <laughs> to do this for you. Like before I sent the text, I paused and I was like, nope, no, I'm allowed to speak my truth. Yeah. Our friend 100%. Like, yes, he would want me to be honest. Absolutely. Because people believe with Kevin. I would feel terrible if Amy rearranged her whole fucking day just to do this this podcast episode that really we're not making any money off of it. Like, we're doing this for fun. We're all doing this for fun. We're all doing this to, you know, to put these words out there so that it benefits or helps somebody. But like those things are so important. And like, I think we struggle just as humans in society in general, like the, the overall message is like bend over backwards for everybody. And like, if you're not doing the most all the time, which is, is a hard thing for eights too. Like if you're not being as intense as possible all the time, like you're not living up to your standard for yourself. And it's like, 
creating standards for the quality of people you want in your life was a big thing that Amy did, right? Like she wasn't, she was like, I wanted to make my circle smaller, but also like that circle can be really small and it can still be full of shitty people that aren't good for you. So like, it's not really the size of the circle. It's the quality of the person inside of it. And then creating boundaries, like our relationship, our friendship got so, so much like our capacity expanded and got so much healthier when we started creating boundaries, like for each other. Like we didn't just, we didn't just fall into this relationship and say like, oh, we had this like beautiful car ride together. And like, you know, there were woodland animals like running alongside us, like a freaking Disney movie. Like we had to go through all of these phases in life and be like, you know, what are these boundaries that we need to place on each other? And how do we help each other grow as human beings? And our lives have changed so dramatically in the last three years. Like. I attribute so much of all the success that I've had in the last three years to my relationship with Amy. Like if I didn't have that support of this type of human being, like this friendship, there's no way. There's no way because in the last three years, a lot of things that have happened. I had a handful of probably pretty close friends that I don't even talk to anymore. Same. Yeah. Like, so there, there's a couple of, of themes I'm hearing here. I just, I love what Amy started with just to recap right so what we're saying is in a new or, or or a friendship that you want to evolve that maybe you have identified someone in your life that you want to that is worth uh the time energy and effort to take into your inner circle which we can all agree doesn't qual uh, quality over quantity um the the first thing that i'm hearing is that there needs to be this understanding of why this person is going to be in my life at a level where I want that give and take and that back and forth with, right? Mm -hmm. The second thing yeah. that, um, but how I look at it and what I'm hearing that's a common theme through both of you is that this friendship is a trust bank, right? So when we look at trust, we're depositing trust into this trust bank. And the more that we deposit, the larger the account grows and like the more wealth and value that it has. So if we, like you two are a great example that you've been depositing into this bank and like understanding that, you know, there are different things that you need to create with boundaries and questions and understanding. And I love the, the, uh, the way that you spoke about like, Hey, do you have time and energy and space for this situation? And then Amy, like what you said is I'm not looking for a solution here. I just need you to know what's going on in my life. And that honest yeah. communication is depositing into that trust bank, right? And if someone were to withdraw from that, you have to then start all over again if you are willing to deposit back into that account. The next okay. thing that I heard from both of you is the power of no. Say no to more so you can say yes to more of the things, or in this case, people that matter in your life so that you are have a an understanding while we're going back to what we spoke about in the beginning self-awareness and under uh, ownership of your actions then you can say no to the people in your life whether it be family friends co-workers or whoever that may not be necessary so because if they as i'll take these are amy's words right if they don't serve you which is okay yeah. to say right in this <laughs> moment you don't have to bend over backwards, like Lacey said, to, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that they are happy, they are pleased if it isn't pleasing yeah. yourself. Um, and then what I'm hearing overall is that all of this takes work, right? Amy, Amy yeah. you didn't wake up one day and you were like, you know what? I understand how to make the perfect friendship right now. And I'm going to go do this with everybody. <laughs> and, you know, Lacey, just the same for you. Like you're 
still you still don't like being vulnerable all the time it's still something you work at but you know that there are people in your life amy myself ellen uh that you have on your side that you can be more vulnerable with because yeah. you understand that 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 foundation right similar to what we spoke about on our relationship podcast last time that foundation of friendship is there mm -hmm. and you guys are moving in a similar direction of positive growth for what you know each side of the party uh mm. is looking forward to doing moving forward mm -hmm. so i mean amazing themes overall but i just kind of wanted to like as we were going back and forth, I was just taking notes and I want people, the listeners to understand like, what, as we're just what, going in our talky circles that we do, well, I'm here. <laughs> what, what can I take away from this moving forward? So, mm -hmm. um, absolutely love it. And I think that all of this works on the, on the mental side, uh, on the physical side as yeah. well as like, I can vouch for personally, like I, when I, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I was 300 pounds wearing you know, gigantic pants and I mm -hmm. needed to make a change up here in my head. Uh, if you can't see us, I'm pointing at my head before I was able to do the physical. Amy needed to actually understand where she, where she was, what she was going through to mm -hmm. then take on the physical, just like you too, babe. Like there was a point in your life where you're like, I don't like who I am, but I need mm -hmm. to know who I am up in my head before I can see the physical yeah. changes happen. Right. So mental health, physical health, they parallel one another. But once we start to understand our thoughts, recognize our thoughts, recognize the thoughts that we don't really appreciate, we can get rid of those. Like, that's okay to say, like, no, yeah. I don't want this thought right now. Like, let me take the positive one um, and move forward. Mm -hmm. Then we can start to act upon those thoughts because I think action cures everything, not just anxiety yes. or misunderstanding, but action cures everything. Because even if you fail, you learn a lesson and you can grow from that lesson because mm -hmm. it'll, you know, guess what? Life's going to smack you in the face again soon. You can keep yeah. growing uh, and learning and growing and learning and good things happen. It, it feels so good to like take action and then to learn something from it, like whether it's positive or negative, like man, just sitting around on the couch and playing the victim, you know, mindset all the time and like the world, everything's happening to me and I can't get out of this circle and this struggle. And like, while that may be true, you know, I, at one point felt like, you know, like when it rains, it pours, like there was just like a time period where I was like, why is everything bad happening to me right now? And that was before I was more self-aware and more mature and more understanding. I just had less life experience, but that is so incredibly important too. When we're talking about taking these tools and taking these steps to create new friendships, to set boundaries, to get to know ourselves better. It's like making sure that we don't get caught up in this, this cycle. This is happening to me. This is happening to me over and over again. And realizing like Kevin says this all the time, like make life happen for you instead of waiting for it to happen to you. So. Yeah. I think intentionality is what it's about, right? Yeah. We have been intentional about our friendship yeah. from day one. Yeah. I've been very intentional, pretty intentional about my health journey, right? Yeah. Like I always come back to it. Like whenever I'm on a good place and a yeah. place I want to be with my health, mm -hmm. I'm being intentional. When yeah. I'm struggling is when I have stopped being intentional. I just mm -hmm. let life happen instead of like to, to Kevin saying, instead of living the life I want to live. Because yeah. it's all a choice. It's yeah. all a choice. Right. And some days those choices are easier. Some days are a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's what decisions are you making? And I think we've done a good job yeah. in our friendship very intentional about the choices we make with each other together, how we support each other, all of it. There's like nothing in our friendship has happened by chance at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. I love it all because like life will, you can, it, the victim mentality, like you just said, babe, is 
something that so many people struggle with. So, I mean, well, I think that's a, I think that's an application to, um, intimate relationships too. So like, just to like, you know, say that like the things that Amy was just saying, like the choices that we have made like every single day, like for people who are in maybe relationships with spouses where they feel like it's dead ended and they don't know where to go and they can't communicate. Like Kevin and I actively work on that every single day too. And like, Amy, you and David have done the same thing. Like you guys have had to open up multiple times lines of communication and recreate boundaries and reset them. And when life changes and you know yourself better, you have had to say to your spouse too, like, I need you to get on this journey with me because like, I don't want to go alone. And I chose you to be here with me. Like we got to do this together. And I think that all the things that we were talking about in terms of friendship absolutely apply to other relationships too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, if I had, if I wasn't willing to have those conversations with my husband, right, then he's probably not the right person for me. Yeah. And that would also speak to the fact that I need to do a lot more inner work. If I'm sure. not willing to have a difficult conversation Absolutely. about something as important as a marriage, right? Yeah. If I'm not willing to lean into that conflict, I look at it as conflict because it's uncomfortable, but really it's just the truth. Yeah. Right? It's just the truth is why am I not willing to have this truthful conversation? And I think that's been a lot of my growth growing up. Yeah. Um, or I guess throughout my growth journey and my healing journey is being willing to do, do the uncomfortable things, say the uncomfortable things, because that is where growth happens. Yeah. Otherwise you're just stagnant. Yeah. And I think if we yeah. look at what makes that uncomfortable, right? Like if you take emotion out of it, right. And the, the, the unknown on the other side, like, why do I want to have this conversation? Just the facts. Like, why are we not having this conversation? Just the facts. It makes it a lot yeah. easier just to go into that, you know, and then you ask the question like, do I want to have this conversation with this person? Is mm -hmm. this important to me? These are yes or no answers, period. Like no emotion mm -hmm. involved. And if it lines up with yes, 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 then go and do it. You're in the right, mm -hmm. you're in the right place. Um, so okay. I think that's, you know, something like, you know, I love how you said, you know, the truth or like, I like to say like logical versus emotional uh, logic leads to the truth and truth will, you know, for lack of a better term, set you free or down the course that you want to go on. Um, cool. So I, you know, I think we covered a lot and I'd love, yeah. I'd love to, I, you know, Amy, we got to get you back down here. I know I'm going to get, mm -hmm, I mean, yeah. I know I'm going to get those dates. You got a busy August, but God damn it. I want you to be down here for our. Being sister-in-law is going to be married in August. I was like, all of the things are yeah, I think I'm going to be able to make that happen though. Amazing. I think I am. I mean, cause we got to get you like, what was the drink of choice that you had? Another, like make it taste like I'm in Mexico. I think that was my favorite moment yeah. of the weekend. Uh, and he crushed it. That, so that Irishman from up there. Where, yeah. Wherever. Wherever that yeah. was. Well, what, uh, that was, uh, that's same. Oh, Pete when we were at the, at the pier. pier. Yeah. The Tiki bar. Yeah. Yeah. Looking St. Pete. And uh, that was really, that was, yeah, really that was fun. It was cool. Just, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think what I want to do too is we'll split this into two episodes, like two parts when we put it on um, our platforms, like we'll break it down and put it in two parts. But I want to make sure that before we wrap up anything, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on um, that we want to have a conversation about with while we have Amy's full attention and she's here? Well, I mean, I we got one, we got one question, <laughs> but we don't have to answer. We don't have to address it. I would do. I was just going to throw in there and I can edit this and go. So Amy, if you uh, can share how people, these, uh, sorry, I do it again. So Amy, can you share how people can follow you on Instagram so they can follow along with all the amazing content that you're putting out there? 
and your podcast. So yeah, I do have a podcast called same, but different. And there's links for that in my bio on Instagram. Um, and on Instagram, I am aligned soul co just all smashed together as one messy. Cool. We'll put, we'll put it underneath so everybody can copy and paste that too. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend that I'm good yep. at spelling or anything. Um, but that's, uh, that's been amazing to have you on the show. It's yeah. been amazing to chat with you. Oh, yeah. We love you so much. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely... Thank you for giving us a good chunk of your afternoon. We really appreciate you. Yeah, we're definitely going to. I didn't know I was your first guest. Yeah, we're going to have you back. We have so much more to talk about. Um, yeah. we could, I mean, I'm sure I feel like we could just talk for hours, but we got, we got, we could we got, we have y'all, you guys on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, happy, yeah. Happy I love, but I love what we talked about here today. We had a couple of different things, notes jotted down, but I really love the conversation we had because I think most people, Amy, when they look at us and they see our friendship through social media or they know us in person, I get a lot of questions about people asking like, how did you guys get to this point? And they follow. I love seeing my friends that you don't know sharing your stuff on social media now, your Enneagram stuff. It makes me so happy. And I think it's so cool, like the correlation that people are making between us and, and people that have known us for several years, seeing our growth and change happen over time. Um, when people often say to me, like, they love what's going on in my life and how happy I am. It often is synonymous with like some a compliment about you as well too. So I like that people see us as like a package deal sometimes. <laughs> they were like, "I'm so glad life is going well for you and Lacey and, and Abbott it just all flows together." It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. All right, we love you so much, and thanks again Bye. for joining us. I love you guys. Have a good day. Bye.